Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love Disney understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time. Stop walking while I'm squawking. Caramba, we have something really big for you today. And now, the show that has the whole town cooking. Welcome, foolish mortals. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Diz Life Podcast. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Diz Life Podcast. Thank you so much for making our show and our network part of your Disney life. Don't forget, catch all of our episodes at DizLifePodcast.com. While you're there, might as well smash the subscribe button. Check us out on Apple and leave us a rating and a review. You can do that as well on Podchaser or even on Spotify now. Find me on Instagram at Diz Life Podcast. I'm over on TikTok at Diz Life Mark, and you can join our Facebook group, Living My Best at Disney Life. Welcome back to the show, my co-host, the one and only Disney fanatic, Ahoy Hoy, Greg. How are you today, my friend? Ahoy Hoy, Mark Valentine, and thank you so much for having me on Diz Life Podcast, man. I am having an amazing day today. I got to meet Chip and Dale. I got to see Mickey, Goofy, and Pluto. I got to hug a robot. Happy 4th of July, by the way. It is definitely the 4th of July today. It is the 4th of July. (laughs) No holiday. Mark, are you going to blow up a part of America for 4th of July? There will be no explosions this evening. It's 8 o'clock on the 4th of July, and we're boring. What are we doing? We are podcasting for you, the people, <laughs> on, on the holiday. We've we've barbecued. Glory, we've swam. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Don't start that again. <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah. Just give it five minutes, folks. He'll break into some Henry Mancini for us. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. Hey, Sam, Sam Eagle. (laughs) How you doing, bud? (laughs) So, um, a salute to all nations, but mostly America. America. Uh, Thank you to the people that reached out to us. We got a lot of talk back uh, on last week's episode. So many of you said how much you appreciated the 4th of July spectacular. Um, We love it when you give us feedback. Uh, Randy Rushmore actually also reached out to us. 
True story. Randy Rushmore <laughs> reached out to us on DisLifePodcast.com, sent the podcast a message, and uh, thank you, Randy. I'm so glad that you uh, you reached out to us and you felt compelled because of the episode to reach out and and talk back. So I, I'm glad that we are getting feedback. Uh, that's actually kind of important. I love to hear where people are and uh, if they're paying attention. Uh, and if uh, is it Rand- Randy Rushmore? Was Randy? That- it was Randy Rushmore. <laughs> I am glad that he reached out. Um, yeah, that's extra special. I hope he gave a five star review. He did. It was listen. It was a star studded episode. We had Sam Eagle. <laughs> we had Randy Rushmore last week. It was uh, it was a big Fourth of July episode. And the irony of that is, is it's technically today is the 4th of July, but that was our 4th of July episode. Well, this will be played back after the 4th of July. <laughs> <It was>. oh. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. No, I got, oh man. I got nothing. No, so you, you had an amazing day with your family. You got to do a little pool swimming. I did. Yeah. We, um, Again, we're we're out of staters. We are from uh, the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. So we celebrated my father-in-law's birthday today. He turned 69. Um, so we had some cake. We swam. We did a little barbecue. My niece and nephew came up. My sister-in-law came up. It was just a really great day filled with family. And uh, like that's that's what the, the holiday is all about. And we just I, like I'm living I'm living large right now. I'm very happy. It's been a great day, and then I get to podcast with my buddy. So, what's better than that for the Fourth of July? Riding Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's true. Just rub it I, in, man. I, no, I'm not rubbing it in. I'm so I, I look at Piano Rob's numbers, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm on number nine, number ten, and he's slowly catching up. And I'm like, twenty eight, twenty nine. So, um. Yeah, we got to Cosmic Rewind. You know what? I, I, I literally had an amazing day. Again, as I said but previously, uh, Sundays are normally my day to spend with my daughter and my wife. Just I love that. Enjoying yep. the parks and enjoying life, kind of turning everything off and just hanging out with her. Um, she's only going to be 15 until October. So <laughs> I got to get as much time as I can in with her. So we switched it to Monday because we knew we went to the fireworks last night. Um which, by the way, can I just uh, mention <laughs> yes, I was the Enchanted Rose? Holly oh, and I went okay. there prior. Thought... <laughs> you have no. See, I love that I've done this to you in life. You will like literally sit back and just go, oh, no, what's he going to say? Oh, no. I Well, before the show, you told me about guests behaving badly. I thought you were going to launch into the the awful behavior of the 4th of July fireworks guests. No, I was keeping this positive. I was not going to be negative about the 4th of July or the people or the wonderful, wonderful um, guests surrounding us last night during the fireworks. No, I was going to say uh, Holly and I went over to the Enchanted Rose over at the uh, Grand Floridian for the first time. And we got to spend a little adult time having a little adult drink and enjoying ourselves. And I tell you, that is one of the most beautiful spots at Walt Disney world. If you ever want to have a, it's not quiet, but it's beautiful. And the wood soaks up some of the sounds. Beautiful, beautiful spot. Did you get the palm frites over at the, uh, enchanted Roos? We did. And I had something called the enchanted Lily. No, the Lily Rose, the, the, <laughs> The aqua rose? I don't know. Holly's screaming at me, and I, I, I don't know what it is. But uh, I had a fruity drink 
while my wife had whiskey. I was just going to say, it's like, wow, the roles are reversed in this family. She's like, I want a crown of Coke. And I'm like, I would love, um, what's your fruitiest, prettiest drink? (laughs) He's like, can I get the Bay Breeze? Holly's like, double shot whiskey. Straight up. Rocks. (laughs) Make it a double. Yeah, the server brings it over. And he starts to hand her the the fruity drink. You're like, no, 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 that's me. No, 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 that was me. That that's was me. absolutely me. She was like, what? I was like, yeah. What was it called, Holly? Oh, the Island Rose. That's even better. Rose. That makes it so much better. We should have the sounds of the island that play while we we talk about the Island Rose. Yeah, I I was so jealous. I was I was jealous and not jealous. I always live vicariously through you because you're always in the parks. But you sending me the picture on Main Street with the rainbow and the pictures from the Enchanted Rose. I was like, man, good on him. He's living his that, best Disney life right now. Can I just say that every once in a while you sit back and you have to self-reflect. And I do that quite often. Um, one of the nice things I use um, going to Walt Disney World as my therapy in life. Um, with whatever I've been through in life, I can still go and find something magical inside of the park, whether it's coming down Main Street and seeing the castle and feeling like a kid. We were standing there and horrible rainstorms had come through, hence why we went to the Enchanted Rose, kind of to waste some time while the major squall went through, okay. a lot of lightning. Um, the storm moved past and we're sitting on main street and I look up and we're at the plaza and you look up and over top of space mountain and going basically from space mountain all the way over the top of the plaza is one of the brightest rainbows I've ever seen. And it turned into a double rainbow, double rainbow, all the way across the sky, all the way across the sky. So intense. And it was so intense, (laughs) so beautiful. And I just sat there. I was just like, this moment, I, I need to capture this moment in my mind's eye to have this to reflect on when I'm older. And it was just that much like, I don't know, introspective, I think that was it was really weird for me to kind of go through all those emotions in the matter of a few minutes. Or it was the island breeze. What was I drinking? Island Lily, Island Rose. See, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Maybe the Island Rose hit me at that part, Mark. Do you remember the Gregory Brothers, the double rainbow song, the viral yes. song? Oh, yeah. rainbow Double all the rainbow. way across the sky. Yeah, mm. yeah. So intense. Double rainbow mm. all the way across the sky. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking as you're talking about double rainbow, dude. Thank you, because now I have the um the Gregory brothers stuck with your head. <laughs> Do you remember the, the the kids who did photograph by Nickelback? Yes. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Yeah. Every time I do it makes me laugh. <laughs> do that, what the hell's on Tommy's head? <laughs> so I, I don't know why. Where are we going, Mark? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll tell you where we're going. So uh, in this episode, Greg and I, we're just hanging out tonight. It's a holiday. So we spent much it's of the holiday d- vibes. Yeah. No. So you know what we did? We spent much of the day with the family. A lot of time we will prep for the show. We'll develop outlines. Because we were hanging out with the family, but we have the responsibility, guys, we still want to record great radio. We came up with just a really laid back agenda for today, and we're going to play some this or that Parks Edition. Greg came up with uh, some topics, and then we're just going to, not a debate, but we're just going to talk. We're going to talk Disney, we're going to talk about our favorites, and we're going to play a little bit of this or that. We're going to go from 
across the parks. We're not doing one park in particular today. Today's like Disney vibes, man. Disney vibes. But I love this episode. Um, I like being relaxed and very laid back from time to time and just talking about that thing which we love the most, which is Walt Disney World. And so uh, yet again, we are um, we're just going to talk about some Disney. So um, we can start the insertion point could really be anywhere, man. But why don't, insertion. Why don't we start with <laughs> <laughs> I knew the millisecond that I said I used that as my word choice. I'm like, this is not going to go well. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite impressed on, you're a very good wordsmith. Um, but once in a while you just say something that I have to get in there and it's like, ah, yeah. And you, and I can see it in your eyes. You're like, why did I just do that? I do try to stay away from certain. So this is a loose, fun episode where we can just have a great time. And listen, at the end of the day, Mark and I are real friends. Like, so we get to hang out and literally talk about one of our favorite things in this world, Walt Disney World. So I hope so, man. Like I'm, I'm sleeping over (laughs) next week. Like Holly's getting, Holly's getting the cot ready for me. She's, she's, my whole house is being ripped apart right now, Mark. You're getting the royal Aww, treatment in this place. Thank you, Holly. I she, she's renting that. the carpet cleaner and stuff. Whoa. Man, there's, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, wow. Mark. Fancy schmancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, here she comes bringing me a drink. So, oh, thank this you. Is a good night. Hey, happy, uh, happy day. Happy day. <laughs> All right. So, uh, credit to Greg. Greg prepared many of these topics. And, uh, we, we've always done, and this is what I love too. Like we've, we've always gotten into this, this concept of Disney life and what it means to be your Disney life. So, um, this is kind of a revisiting of, of that. And for those people who have not gone back to like episodes two, three, four through 10 and done a lot of these, it's not bad to do them again from time to time for the new listeners that have joined us somewhere in between those first few episodes, um, it's amazing how far we've come, Greg. <laughs> what um, what episode number are we on? A lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible. Like I am so horrible with that. There are some podcasters that they'll start each episode with, like, "Welcome to season two, episode forty-eight of the Disney Podcast." In today's episode, I'm like, "Yeah, we're on episode something." <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, what, I what honestly, season are we on? This has got to be season five, right? Because you've been through once or twice to get around the block. Like, no. So, so technically speaking, so this is, um, this really is the approaching the third season. So we, I, I never went with like the calendar year. So the first year of this show started in August. And then like, I kind of had a shortened season, right? So like, we went August to January or no. So I do go by the calendar year. So we went like <laughs> August to January. To, this shows you how organized they have with these, with these things. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Yeah. I went August to January and then January to January was technically the second season. So this is season three right now. This is the middle of everybody to season three yeah. episode. This is technically the middle of season three. Okay. But season one was like an abbreviated season. It was like, will the show get picked up? Or is the is the network going to sign them? You know, the pilot. They did. The network signed them. And here you are on season three, episode 100. We've made it. 
<laughs> Looks like we've made it after all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the only thing that's going to wind up getting me canceled is me putting my foot in my mouth. So we have. Oh to... no 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 no! I'm going to get you canceled way before that. <laughs> so that's what I said when you the first day you were like, "Oh, Greg's joining the show." I was like, "Yeah, let's see how long this lasts before Mark's Crash. like, I can't have you on anymore." Crash and burn. <laughs> no man, like... you are literally watching an accident while it happens. It's well, like two trains going at each other we have the benefit of editing which is really great with a recorded podcast versus like a live stream where it's like oh what did he just say i can't believe that like last week for instance no i would never drop any word that had to be edited out well we had i've ever done that we had a team america last week that was completely and totally edited oh the puppets did show up for a minute that's right we well, it was a, a Muppet show. Yeah, we had a Team America battle cry last week that got edited out. So <laughs> we will not have that tonight. <laughs> we will not have or ever again. Yeah, we will not be. Somebody, I'm going to, ladies and gentlemen, someone around here got put in the corner. And no one puts baby in the corner <laughs> except for Mark. Mark put baby in the corner. It's true. I would be baby in this instance. It's It's very true. All right, man. So <laughs> let's play some this or that. Let's Let's talk some Disney. Um, I, I need to know, uh, this or that monorail or the ferry monorail or ferry for you. I am. Wow. Okay. You would think some of these are very easy to answer. And then you start thinking about them. It was very easy for me to just go monorail right off the top of my head. But then I was like, no, going on the ferry is actually quite peaceful. You have a little bit more room. The It's more open. There is air and a breeze on your face. Whereas in the monorail, mm-hmm. you feel like you're in a tube um, surrounded by many people. Um, because so you my are. answer <laughs> is <laughs> my answer is park at the contemporary and walk. <laughs> neither. <laughs> okay so, that is a locals answer the real answer i'm gonna say is uh monorail uh i do like going through the contemporary i always thought that that was one of the coolest things um like as a child you would see that and go oh that's brilliant i gotta do that as an adult it's still really cool to go i'm about to drive through a building so a yeah. monorail guy i like the monorail from history because most of the time, and I'm not a local, I don't do the ticket and transportation center. So unless I prefer or willingly choose to go on the ferry, I don't, I don't go on those ferries. I do use the boats that will go to the Poly or the Grand Floridian mm-hmm. or, and those are great. But if I have to choose between a boat and the iconic and historic monorail, I'm always going to want to do the monorail. But here's the caveat to the monorail. If it's the middle of the summer and it's a little stank and there's a little Mm. bit of stankonia going on in that monorail Mm. and everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like Mm -hmm. it's, aren't you glad you use dial? Don't you wish everybody else did? That is the perfect commercial for the monorail come summertime because in July and August, that thing is like a, a gymnasium locker room and that monorail be smelling funky. So to that end, um, I do want to utilize the ferry for some shorter trips come summertime, but nine times out of 10 or nine months out of 10, I'm going to always want to go on the monorail because okay, I'm going to throw a caveat in this whole thing. Do it. Monkey so, wrench, monkey, wrench, monkey wrench it. So during pandemic times, 
they had the buses out there yeah. for the month. And so if you're looking to get right to the Magic Kingdom, are you a bus, monorail, or ferry guy? And and I'm in the loop. Yeah. It's always the monorail for me. See, I don't I'm like bus, buses. I'm a bus guy. When you get to the t- ticket and transportation center and they have the buses running, yeah. I am a bus guy 100% of the time. I'm not a fan of buses, like period. If I could, here's here's a little bit of a hot take. Last week you you ribbed me a little bit for my privilege with my my Uber and Lyft on Privileged. on and company. No, um, I did not. You what did. Are you talking about? You were like, <laughs> I maybe I, didn't. We talked about like the discontinuation of the, uh, the Magical Express, and I and I said how it was a nothing burger, and because I take Lyft, and you're like privilege. And I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you were very much. I I I take Uber. I am. I will not even go to Lyft. That is beneath me. I must take. No, man. Privilege. Okay, so privilege would be like if I'm like I only minivan. Like when I when I travel, I only take the minivan. No, man. I'm taking an Uber. Wait, wait, wait. How many times are we going to do minivan while you're down here? None. You don't think we'll do? You're going to do a minivan? None. I guarantee. I will say at least three times. You think so? Yeah. 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 All right, so here's when I will do the minivan. If I'm traveling a very far distance and it has to be into the Magic Kingdom, I won't minivan anywhere else except MK. And that's only the Magic Kingdom because you get right into the bus depot. Versus yeah, I'm with you. having to take a lift over to like Contemporary or a lift over to one of the resorts and then walk over. Yeah, so I threw that bus question out there because uh during those times and they'd have the buses out there i preferred the buses uh it was quicker than taking the monorail the monorail would get backed up in the morning no one could go towards the buses and the buses weren't your normal disney bus style they were seating like you would a bigger tour bus and so you yeah those were nice more space and that was what was taking you to and from and it dropped you off right at the bus loop really quick and easy to get in so if i'm resort hopping I love the monorail. If I am stuck at Ticket and Transportation Center, I will take the monorail. If there's a lot of people around, I'm a ferry guy. Um, but being a local, I'm a park at a resort. It's, again, it depends on the time of year. And the early morning is a little bit better than late afternoon. But the them, just like the monorails could get a little stink, stank, stunk, those buses could get a little stinky too at the end of the mm. day. It's mm-hmm. people that have really not deodorized well. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need to do what lasts the longest for your deodorant and please no matter what if you have to hold on to the rope don't put your arm up please please <laughs> don't use your foot i don't care all right from body odor to mickey bars <laughs> let's talk about snacks man um iconic transportation to iconic snacks this or that would you rather mickey bar or would you rather dole whip this one's very easy for me. I'm curious to see what you pick. Again, there's like, there's a, there's levels to this stuff, Mark. There is levels. Layers. And I, I, if I'm doing an after hours thing, it's Mickey bar all the way. Yeah. Cause and you're getting 900 I, of them. Okay. Getting a 900. And man, you can, you don't realize how many Mickey bars you really cannot eat at that point. You're like, I'm going to have like five after one. You're like, <gasps> I'm good. Uh, Dole Whip, one hundred percent Dole Whip. Dole but Whip. I don't know if I can say the. Uh, it's definitely not pineapple. I'm not a pineapple Dole Whip fan. Um, the, the those flavors I had yesterday, 
the new Toy Story Alien Freeze. Oh man, um, I'm getting that. And it was I'm getting lime that. Dole Whip on top of blue slush and or raspberry slush. Your review of that was hysterical to me because you're like the lime tasted so great, and then the other thing tasted like blue. <laughs> <laughs> blue raspberry on the bottom was the slush, and it was like, well, somebody was like, how does it taste? I was like, it tastes blue. You know how you're like, oh, you did old that old Sunny D commercial it's yeah. like oh we have some water we have some purple stuff like yeah it tasted like purple i love and the listen from the northeast we both know that flavor it's blue it's like blue. you would get those little jugs yeah or, or chugs whatever they're called yes and be like oh there's blue that's great blue. i'm drinking blue to me that looks like that pixar parfait but substitute the non-dairy lemon with mm-hmm. lime so if it's close to the Pixar parfait. I am all about that alien Sunday. I cannot wait. We're, I'm getting at least one of them, at least one when I'm hanging out with you in a, in a week, man. Oh, at least. So you're a Dole Whip guy. Like I am. I, that's Dole Whip, very easy. To, yeah. Dole Whip. But are you matter. a flavor guy? What, what's your, what's the Mark Valentine flavor of Dole Whip? Uh, the true answer. The true answer is Yes. I really don't care. I don't differentiate. Like, throw lime at me, throw lemon. The only thing that I don't like, there's only one soft serve flavor, and it's not Dole Whip. Um, it's that cheesecake, that raspberry cheesecake that they had for the poor unfortunate oh, no. float. And they just reused it for the Buzz Lightyear cone. That's not Dole Whip. So I, I don't know why I'm spending time talking about how disgusting it was, but I think that's one of the only soft serve flavors that I've ever had of anything, Dole Whip or not, that I was like, no, that's a hard pass. Whatever that cheesecake flavor was, it was not good, and I was not a fan of it. Uh, I will. I love the Peter Pan float and the lime. Uh, I will go to Sunshine Tree Terrace and get that orange jam and the I Lava You float. Give me the coconut. Give me the pineapple. Mm. I don't care. Just give me Dole Whip. Like inject it right into my veins right here. Look. Wow. I didn't realize we were going that deep with it. Yeah. Just um, put it right I, into my bloodstream, man. I think on a past episode, we talked about my my favorite. One of my favorite snacks is Dole Whip. Yeah. Uh, when you were during one of the festivals, you could get the lime Dole Whip oh, at the African, what's bro. that, Refreshment Outpost? Yeah, the lime cherry, and then cherry lime. They had a cherry one at a different booth, and you would mix them together and have this lime cherry Dole Whip. It's a head explosion, and it is so over-the-top good. Uh, yeah, Dole Whip, man. Watermelon, the watermelon that was at Disney Springs for a while. So good. And they had the Dole Whip nachos. Man, I'm salivating talking about this. It's not that I don't like The Mickey. Dole Whip pineapple inside, or sorry, the Dole Whip watermelon that was served inside of a watermelon boat. Oh, come on. Yes. Even the Dole Whip at the new Swirls on the Water in Disney Springs the float, that has the like flight? the... the yeah, that flight that has the uh, tahini and jalapeno or uh, whatever the sauce tahin? is on top of yeah. it. Oh, did I say tahini? Tahini. You said tahini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I added a few. You had the sure. pineapple. Yeah, you had the pineapple on the brain. That's what it was. So good. You know what, man? I love Mickey bars, and it's not that I don't love them, but I just love Dole Whip so much. Like you, you had me at hello. It's that's my Jerry Maguire. You, you had me at hello. That's how I feel Dole about Dole anything. Uh, absolutely. And I know like there's a lot of people out in this world that apparently do not like Dole Whip. 
that you go into socials and people are like, yeah, Dole Whip's overrated. I don't know how to talk to those people. I don't, I don't. So I, I, don't I will know. tell What's, you a little trick. It's a non-starter for me. Is Disney does it right. Now, Disney doesn't own Dole Whip. They Dole do owns Dole Whip. And you can actually buy that off Disney property in various places. You can. One of them being out in Hawaii. And so we used to have Dole Whip flavors all the time out there. Um, and apparently out in Sheets, I was on the road. I was driving on Route 80 out to Western Pennsylvania to pick up furniture for my wife. <laughs> I stopped at a Sheets. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm really Wait, wait, wait. Which, by the way, Linda. Um, I love I, her. I, I, I have to agree with her. I, I thought about this the other day. And you and I were discussing, which we can talk about why you had to go out there and pick up end tables. Okay. But um, Linda um, mentioned that she's an adult and she should have matching furniture. And I kind of was like, wait, why, who? And then I was like, wait a second. I'm an adult too. I can have matching furniture. I agree with her completely. You deserve a matching furniture set, Greg. Thank you. You deserve it, man. You work hard enough in life that you're an adult. You're a grown man and you deserve matching furniture. So, um, I hear you. I think you've had this conversation with somebody recently. We have, we, (laughs) so long story short, people, we renovated our bedroom. We got a new bedroom set for the first time. My wife and I've been married for 20 years. Our bedroom set was 20 years old and falling apart. Literally draws were you were pulling out your draw and it was falling out of the, of the dresser itself. So we found a really amazing deal on a set that I really loved, but here was the problem. Our local place didn't have nightstands and the set is discontinued the furniture maker doesn't even make it anymore so i google it there are nightstands as one does as one does you go to google and there are nightstands out in western pennsylvania which was about four and a half hours from my house i call them up they have them they're willing to break up the set they'll sell it to me but obviously at a discounted rate they're not going to be delivering it and they're not going to hold it for a long time so i drove four and a half hours out to Western Pennsylvania so that my wife could have a matching furniture set. Greg called me. He's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm driving out to Du Bois, Pennsylvania. (laughs) He's like, uh, why? And I'm like, my wife wants matching furniture. So here was the cool thing about that, man. I consumed a lot of podcasts in that eight hour drive a lot. You and chip are, uh, (laughs) still burned in my brain. Lots of chip and company podcasts. Lots there's there's a lot to be had right now. It there's was a, a lot of podcasting yeah. in in our lives. It right was now, a lot Mark. of chip. It was a lot of soundboard. It was a lot of chip. But I love yeah, it. That's, I am so grateful that I don't hear mur, 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 right now. Um, like, I, I'm I'm so good. I still hear it in my in my sleep because of that eight hour <laughs> commute. So thank you, Chip, for the the soundboard, man. I appreciate. I, it. I also want to say thank you so much to Linda for giving us a few minutes of on air something to talk about because i thought that that was brilliant you calling me up and going i am going there because my wife needs a matching set of drawers she deserves it she deserves it she deserves right she does all right dude you know what we deserve we deserve to to finally come down on one side or another of this one a little bit of controversy ready this or that rise of the resistance or guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy you didn't even hesitate Guardians of the Galaxy, and you will. I had to get that out immediately. I was hoping to catch it as soon as you said Rise. I was going to say whatever the next thing is that Rise of the Resistance was and is one of my favorite rides of all time. Everything about that 
truly spectacular. The pre-shows, the three stages of that, walking through the Imperial ship, um, the clones, or sorry, the um, 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 stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, yep, yep, yep. Everything about that ride, simply spectacular. The ride design itself, everything it does, over the top. As a Star Wars fan, I love it. Love it. I, Mark, I love it. Guardians of the Galaxy, though, does not break down. I have been on Guardians, yeah. and it has not broken down. So, Rise of the Resistance has a small problem of uh, two or three times now I've gotten onto the vehicle, and a buzzer goes off, and I'm now walking off the vehicle back into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Magic Ruins, yeah. So we've we've had this debate, we've had this discussion so many times in Rise of the Resistance. We would do like the annual tournament of what's the best ride, and Rise of the Resistance would always underperform, and I never quite understood why. It's because I think a lot of the peripheral stuff surrounding that ride, it breaks down a lot. It's very sophisticated that if one little thing isn't going right, the entire ride just breaks down. For way too long, they utilized the virtual queue. It didn't have a great ride capacity, so people would get the virtual queue, miss out on it, or the virtual queue would go so quickly because the ride didn't have you know enough capacity to, to really like accommodate everyone that wanted to get a virtual queue. Guardians doesn't have that problem. Like that thing churns through people. And if you want to get on it, if you truly want to get on it, like you're going to get it. Maybe you don't get the the first queue in the morning, but there's three (coughs) different virtual queues that you can get throughout the course of the day, especially if you're staying on property and people, people don't have those same issues. Plus it doesn't break down. Yeah. Let's talk about virtual queue for a second on guardians. We got virtual queue uh 124 uh i think i've seen remy hit like 178 but that was at like nine o'clock at night yeah um i've never seen guard or sorry rise of the resistance get above like 150 160 if it's 160 you've had a good day yeah we were at 124 and it was only 3 p.m like they are churning They're that churning. is a people eater and it is amazing that just the queue itself is amazing now the ride is so much fun and yep. it's it's going a little faster now than it has in the past so it's i guess it's broken in a little bit uh i would i'd never had again i'll bring up my daughter rory her and i would not sit around and go oh let's go every sunday and go ride rise of the resistance no we literally sit here going, oh, every Sunday we must rewind. I will I will come down on the same side. I think that I think Guardians is just the, for the replayability. I think that every single time that you ride it because of the nature of the ride and it's a bit of a thrill ride, there's always that exhilaration ar- around it. Yeah, like Rise of the Resistance is great. You always can marvel at the animatronics and how incredible the ride is. But there's no, you know, I'm if I rode Rise of the Resistance every single day, it would lose its luster after a while. It really would. I mean, and and I love Star Wars, man. Like there's no bigger Star Wars fans than both you and I. We love Star Wars. But Guardians is just a better ride top to bottom. It really is just a better ride. And um if you haven't done it, I mean, you've got to do Guardians of the Galaxy. The other thing is a lot of people skip on Guardians now that there's been the whole 
discussion of it'll make you sick and some people don't want to ride roller coasters and it scares them and and the fact that it is a thrill ride i know all of that also factors in is as to why so many more people quote unquote are getting on it there's just a lot of people in the park that are skipping it they're like nope i don't do thrill rides and they don't want to do it and better ride let's though. be fair mark we live in an amazing time for ride technology right now disney just keeps like we talked about this before what's next tron you come out with, <laughs> well yeah but tron's a remake of another ride it is look at how amazing and we may be bagging on rise it's still an amazing I'm, ride yeah I'm, like so we're not like oh it sucks no it is stunningly beautiful and a fun ride. Guardians is just a little on top of that because of the lack of breakdowns. But both rides are so well made and the, the, the visuals and everything they're doing with that. Like Disney Imagineering has stepped up their game so much yeah. that I'm happy that we're in this time where we get to argue over what's better rise the resistance or guardians of the galaxy it's like a one and a one a truly for me it's like a one and a one a i can't wait like i I mean we should have bondo on right now to talk about how excited i am because i'm a trani i cannot wait for light cycle run to come out i love tron it is a core memory for me watching tron as a child is a core memory i remember going to the grid and like, we're not talking about uh, Tron Legacy. I'm talking about old school Jeff Bridges greetings 1982. programs. Yeah. I have Flynn been master program. Dude, I have been on that train or that light cycle for a long time. So whereas some people are like, yeah, I like Tron. I am so excited as a fan of Tron for that intellectual property. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And I will tell you this to sidestep a little bit. Um, I've been watching the construction of that since it began. And especially since pandemic and how amazing just the whole pre-show and the show building and watching where they're building fountains and where the sign's going to go and all this other amazing stuff they're doing to it. I am so... I, now that the canopy's up, I'm excited. Now that the canopy's For Guardians... Up. But once I saw and once I saw the canopy go up and then I realized that if you have the sun or the light shine right through it, you can see the grid on the canopy itself. Just little things. You're like, I cannot wait for that. I'm I was like, oh, yeah, Guardians, whatever. I'm not a big Marvel guy. I love Marvel, but I am like it's short. Yeah. Now, the one complaint that people are going to levy against the light cycle run is it's very short. It's like. Rock and roller coaster short, very short ride experience, very short, but I don't care. Thrilling. I will still ride it. All right. So listen, let's stay on the ride kick with this or that. I need to know definitively from you. What is the best mountain? Not really a this or that. Like, let's make this a trio. So best mountain space splash or big thunder. I always answer first, Mark. Why don't you answer first? Well, mine's pretty easy. And, um, I know this is going to change. But here's the other thing too. Can I um, let me make this fun? Because uh, my favorite mountain currently at Magic Kingdom is Splash. They're going to retheme it. You have uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure mm-hmm. has been announced. I know it's probably still. Which, by the way, I broke that news. You did break that news. You did very nice, dude. Nice Thank job you. on that. that nice was a scoop. Ten uh, minutes before it was announced, I broke that news. So. 
if if we're at Magic Kingdom, I think Splash currently is the best mountain. But here's the caveat. Are you ready? I've I'm ready. been to the Promised Land, dude, and their Big Thunder mm. Mountain is so much better in Disneyland, and I realize what we are missing in our Big Thunder Mountain. The Big Thunder Mountain out in Disneyland is 10 times better than ours. Their Space Mountain is a hundred times better than ours. The ride system and the mechanic, like I'm not even getting into the hyperspace mountain of things. I'm just getting into how smooth the track is, how much more enjoyable it is riding on their Space Mountain side by side versus like in the in the lineup in the three cars, which is closer to what their Matterhorn is. If I had to pick a best mountain out in Disneyland, the best mountain out in Disneyland is Space Mountain. Here it's Splash Mountain, but I am, I'm going to probably go out on a limb and say, I think Splash is probably going to stay my favorite and it's probably going to wind up being Tiana's Bayou Adventure. That's my favorite. That's the correct answer. Yeah, that's a good take on it. So best mountain. Now here's where I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Do it. Or or a spitball at you. Okay. Um, I think of the mountains and think of more than just the attraction. So to me, Splash Mountain is a one-hit wonder. Uh, I love the ride. Don't get me wrong. I think it's truly amazing. I, everything about it, like that song, will ra- I will literally be driving down the road, and out of nowhere, that song will pop into my head, and it becomes very annoying because it stays there until I ride it the next I have to go ride it the next day to get that song out of my head. But... You go over to Big Thunder Mountain and you have an amazing time because you can go and look at it. You can see the, the, the kinetic feel of you can play with things in the queue. You can set off dynamite. You can make a fountain explode into the air. You can see the goats. Every, it's really cool. <laughs> Excuse me. But Space Mountain, even though the ride is a very painful ride to me, you get to ride through it with the people mover. Understood. You and yeah. the people mover has been updated with new sayings, and Oric Five is now the the, uh, the announcer on there. There's more talking, and it's you go through. It doesn't matter whether you're on the people mover or on the ride itself. You feel like you're into this special thing, and so to me, I I, I thought about this the other day, and I was like, Space Mountain. It really is something special. That's the mountain you see as you drive up into the park. You, that is such an icon of Magic Kingdom. So I'm going Space Mountain. I bet you, you didn't think I was going there. No, I listen. I don't hate it as an icon, as a park icon. It is. It's. It's a great answer, and the history and the nostalgia of it is. It's right there. But here's my problem, man. And this is where Disneyland spoiled me. It ruined me. Riding their Space Mountain. We are here at Walt Disney yeah, World. But it we are not me. talking Disneyland, my friend. We just did five episodes <laughs> of Disneyland. Get off the Disneyland love. I don't need to hear it anymore. It I love my Space Mountain. No, we're it not talking it. Hyperspace Mountain. No more Star Wars. <laughs> um, it doesn't even have to be Star no Wars. No more man. goats. It's better. <laughs> Nothing. All right. Ready? Let's, uh, let's, okay. So let's live firmly over in magic kingdom. Let's talk about classic nostalgia, Walt Disney world, not Disneyland hotel, not Disneyland, California adventure, 
not Pixar, please. Let's talk about the contemporary and let's talk about Polly. Let's talk about the two original hotels. Which one do you think is the quintessential Disney world experience? Which one to you is the better representation of classic vintage Disney? Which is your favorite? Uh, Contemporary or Polly? This or that? Contemporary. Wow. Expand because that's a hot take. Okay. That's a hot take. Linda will agree with you, by the way. Linda is fist bumping saying, Greg, spot on. She loves that hotel. It's her favorite. So when I first went there in 1980-something... Uh, that was the resort you saw the monorail go through. That's the resort. You, uh, as I grew older, uh, I learned how that building was constructed. I learned the technical backstory of that resort. Um, so to me, it's, it's Chef Mickey. Like it's the character meet and greets. It's that third floor, or sorry, fourth floor BBG. You can overlook the fireworks. You can walk over to the magic kingdom from there. There, that, Mary Blair murals inside of the where you go inside and you look up and those three murals that are in there for Mary Blair are spectacular. There's yeah. so many little things to see. Yes, the Polynesian is beautiful. Uh, I lived in Hawaii. I don't need to go back to Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> I lo- so to me, the answer is contemporary because that feels more like what a Disney resort should feel like. Yes, it's not overly done with characters and you don't see Mickey splash on the wall, but you see Disney history with the, what an amazing artist Mary Blair was doing Small World, doing the other stuff that she did, but then being able to come in and make the mural at Contemporary. Love it. BBG is awesome. Uh, Top of the world, not top of the world, um, uh, California California Grill. Yeah. Spectacular for watching fireworks, spectacular food. It's a grand place to eat. It's I'm going contemporary as a kid. That was my doggy in the window moment when we were on the monorail. That was my, I'm going to be honest, like that more than the poly was my kid, like fogging up the glass, staring as we went through the the lobby of the contemporary thinking to myself, like someday we're going to stay there. We didn't have money. So growing up, like going to Disney for us was a day's in. It was driving down. It was staying at a day's in. It was my parents sitting in presentations for timeshares to get tickets for the park because we didn't have money growing up. So we could have never have envisioned staying on property, let alone staying at the contemporary. So I understand like where you're coming from when you say, To you as a kid, like that hotel just screamed Disney. But now having stayed at the Contemporary three times and the Polynesian once, I don't know what it is about the Polynesian, but I loved the relaxed feel of the Poly. Like I can't describe the Poly except to say that it's a whole vibe, as the kids say. There's the history of the Poly and people say like, it's nice now with the, the Moana themed rooms. It was not that way. Like it was kind of dumpy with the carpet and the way that it used to look. And I'll tell you this, man, like Moana is one of my favorite intellectual properties. I love Moana. We stayed at one of the brand new Moana inspired rooms and it was the most gorgeous room. I think I've ever stayed in on property. We stayed right overlooking the main pool. I walked down stairs 
and a hundred feet from the door was the uh, pineapple and I, and I could get a Dole Whip on demand. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know if it was because of where we stayed and the confluence of all of those different factors that just really left this impression on me. But for that reason, like I love the poly, but I, there's, I there's amazing make, things about the poly. Just amazing thing. They have pog juice. Their yeah. restaurants are really good. Uh, Ohana, one of the best places to eat. You're right on dude. Ohana captain cooks is one of my favorite quick service. Mm-hmm. They have, have you ever had, I need to ask you this. Have you ever had the Thai inspired coconut meatballs over the Jasmine rice there? Uh, I don't think I've had it over the jasmine rice. I think I had it over a noodle. Okay. So it's over, it's over like a white sticky rice, kind of like, again, very Hawaiian, you know, no, no spam over rice or no hamburger over rice. But what I would recommend, man, dude, when you're there, you got to go and try those, those bad boys because I just wanted to just eat that some days. That's all I wanted. I dream of it's so funny. Once in a while you tell a story and I'm like, oh my gosh, we really have had the same childhood. That was my parents going down to Disney was doing the timeshare timeshare just so they can get the extra money. And we would stay at Econo Lodge number 44, right down the street on 192, whatever was the cheapest, and swim in that pool. And you like again, I would I don't even think I even saw the Polly or Grand Floridian I didn't, as a kid. I didn't and see I them. don't think I paid attention to them. It was the contemporary. Look, does the contemporary have the greatest pool and the greatest vibe? No, but there's something about when I want to stay at a resort. I don't want to stay in the Rancheros. I don't want to be far away from a lobby. I want to be able to go up the elevator to my room and then go down the elevator to the pool and then go back to my room without having to walk half a mile. Yeah, it's really convenient. I mean, the one thing that I will say about the contemporary is the convenience that we've We've stayed in the A-frame twice and then the Garden Wing one time. The Garden Wing was a lot of fun. I thought the Garden Wing might not be, you know, as convenient or as nice as staying in the, in the tower. We we love staying in the Garden Wing. Like, I thought Can it was I say, beautiful. I have still never stayed there. That is my bucket list. Like, I have a bucket list at Disney. The um, Hoedown, or uh, Hoop-dee-doo Review is up there. And staying at the Contemporary. Ask Holly when you talk to her how much I've always wanted to stay at the Contemporary. And she'll be like, I don't get it. I'm like, what's your number one resort, Greg, you want to stay at? The Contemporary. Got to tell Chip, Chip, we need a we need a hotel tour. Need a, well, get every a time tour. they do media and I go out for it, it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to stay at Coronado. Nah! <laughs> <laughs> not that again. They're not. Dude, listen. And just, uh, believe me, I love Coronado. They're I'm, not. Like, gonna, I'm, I'm they're not doing it. And happy that they at least are paying for us to stay to room. So I can't, like, beggars can't be choosers. Listen, they're not going to. One time. Yeah, they're not putting you up there, man. They, one time. They're going to put you at the old convention center, man. That's that's where you guys are going to go. You're going to go where the conventions used yeah. to be held, and that's the Coronado. Yeah, yeah. They used to put us up there, and then I don't know what happened over the past few years, but they were like, oh, Greg's doing it now? Yeah. <laughs> All-star. All right, let's uh, let's have a Parks face-off. So let's go, let's go with the vintage face-off first. Uh, Epcot or Magic Kingdom? This or that? Which one's better? <laughs> Oh, I, this one hurts me. This one hurts my head. I'm going to surprise you with I, this. I, yeah. Um, please, you go first. I always go first. You go first on this one. I'm going to surprise you with this. Epcot. 
Epcot. That is is, is surprising for you. There's a little bit of a hot... You and I have the same ideas, too, probably. It's a little bit of a hot take. Again, as a kid, the... I mean, I've talked about this on some of my earliest episodes. Epcot, the, the, the wonder of Epcot for me and that edutainment, I don't know what it was about Epcot for me growing up, but it was always just so iconic. There was, there was like a, a mystery about the world showcase to me as a child. Like now it's about festivals and it's about food, but I just remember the flair and the, and the style of the world showcase was unlike anything that I had experienced anywhere else. Like as a child growing up in the eighties, you felt like you were going on a tour of the world as someone who hadn't flown around the world. I just remember the feeling and how cool it felt to sojourn around all of those countries and to feel like you had really tasted the culture of different places, maybe not authentic, but that you had flashes of what makes each country what it was. And I don't know what it was as a kid, but I just always felt that Epcot was more exotic and engaging. And I I think a lot of this too may also be growing up. I had a lot of anxiety around rides. I've talked about this repeatedly. I didn't Mm -hmm. like doing roller coasters Space Mountain wasn't even on my radar. I would never have done like a Splash Mountain or even a Big Thunder Mountain as a kid because I would have been too afraid to do it. And Epcot was really my speed. Like we just got our first roller coaster over at Epcot. Like finally we got that. But Test Track was a car. Like there was nothing intimidating about Test Track to me. There was nothing intimidating about Maelstrom. It was, you know... A slightly more intense version of Pirates of the Caribbean and by slightly, like ever so slightly uh, more intense. But I don't know what it was about Epcot that just really engaged me. And I loved the aesthetic of Epcot more so as as a kid than Magic Kingdom. Spaceship Earth and seeing that illuminated, the, um, the concrete that would glow, the fountain, Club Cool... There was just something about future world for me and the that park specifically that it just really piqued my interest. Not that the Magic Kingdom wasn't special, but our memories as a family growing up always came from Epcot. Always. That is the best answer you can give. So I, I've talked about it once in a while. My parents... I don't bring up my father very often, but one of the great memories I have is of my father taking myself and my brother to the Magic Kingdom and to Epcot. I remember being at Epcot and seeing the dancing fountains and just being yes. blown away by that. Uh, the Apple computers, because it was 1983, 19, when it, it had just opened. So I remember computers being in there and you could actually physically touch a a mouse. What is a mouse? Yeah. Um, they, they had touch screens. Like there were so many amazing things about that. So my parents, okay. It's really weird. My parents were not the greatest parents in the world. Like they would go to, uh, Disney every year, every year on their anniversary, they would go and disappear for a week on end. And my, they would never take my brother and I. So it was like one year they took us and was like, oh, we're being blessed by the Pope here because we get to go to Disney. One, So we only went one time as a child. I then didn't go back to Disney until I was an adult. And that was on my own dime. And uh, Oh, no, that was when I was working with uh, the Young Rascals and we got to play Epcot and they gave us free tickets for everything. 
But as I go into the parks now, there's something magical about going into the Magic Kingdom and seeing Cinderella's castle. There's something magical about throwing the cares of the world and just being that child again and seeing Mickey Mouse right there on Main Street at Town Square, um, riding these iconic rides. My favorite as now, it's so weird. Like I, I literally, I could go either way on this, but at the end of the day, I am an Epcot person. I go to Epcot twice or so, three times a week. Wait, so I, Magic Kingdom is too crowded and too blah for me. <laughs> and I don't like people and how rude they are. And that's what you get over at Magic Kingdom sometimes. So you consider yourself an Epcotter, an Epcotian? Epcotarian? Epcotarian? People Epcotian? of Epcot? Yeah. Yeah. A p- person of Epcot? People of Epcot. <laughs> what do you mean? What? They're here? <laughs> they're here? What? Is this on? Is this on? I love that. So, I look, no, no hate and no shade. I love both of these parks. I just, to, in my opinion, Epcot has a lot of special memories for me as a child and a lot of my core memories. Like you mentioned the dancing fountains, jur- you know, journey into imagination with figment and dream finder, the interventions yeah. building. I think I've mentioned this to you before. It also comes down to sometimes it's whatever park I'm in at the moment. Yeah. Because I find joy and entertainment and something to, I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't love all the parks and I do love them all. And especially when I'm inside of them, because I can see so many things that I'm like, I love doing this and I love doing that. And this kid comes out of me. I'm getting older and I hit 47 and I'm like, I'm going to live like I'm 21 and I can't live like I'm 21 running through the parks, and yet I still do daily. So my doctor is going to hate me because I'm killing myself running nah, through the park. It's a good workout regimen. Dude. It is an amazing. It's actually keeping me very healthy, keeping and very you young, super healthy, and it's going to help you when you do your when you do your frozen uh, 5K, man. Yeah, that well, that's what we're that's what we're doing every Sunday is walking to get into shape. Just clock, it. just clock your 5k one day and, and put it in, put it in for the, the metal. Should, you know what? Next Sunday, I'm going to clock my 5k. Just clock just, it. Well, yeah. I guarantee you, I put on well over a 5k at Epcot. All right. So let's do the newer parks. So to speak, Hollywood studios versus animal kingdom. What park is the better park in that period? Wow. That one's, that one is a strong all of a sudden I have a very strong opinion about I two minutes ago, not a strong opinion. I could have been like, eh, whatever. Now I'm gonna say Animal Kingdom. Shockingly, because I am a major Star Wars geek. Love Star Wars. Now that Launch Bay's reopening, Rise of Resistance, Batu, Galaxy's Edge, Lightsabers, uh, Mickey's and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, the Muppets are over there. But there's something special walking through Animal Kingdom and the flight, the birds are flying over your head. The, the tree is just there and you could go to any angle and pull, to just pick out, oh, there's, there's an animal. I see a whale. Why do I see an elephant? Like, it's so silly to walk through. I could even care less about going into Pandora. I'm not even talking about Pandora yet because 
Satuli Canteen is still one of my favorite places to eat. Yak and Yeti, so good of a place to eat. It's walking through Animal Kingdom is just spectacular. Everything is themed. Everything flows well together. Whereas in Hollywood Studios, it feels like a theme park from four different parks that was pushed together to make one. Hollywood Studios is an amalgam, and yet I don't care. I love it anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mind that it's got it. It really has an identity crisis. It really, truly does. <laughs> Hollywood, really does. Hollywood studios has such an identity crisis and the park, they just renamed it. But even still with the new moniker and the new name, the park doesn't know. It really doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it star Wars? Is it Hollywood? Is it toy story? Yes. It's all of the above. It's kind of, it's the overflow park. It's everything and anything. And let's just, like, what's the IP? Yeah, throw it over there. <laughs> and yet, interestingly enough, it works. Like, what other park can the Muppets and Frozen and Toy Story and Star Wars and Cars and Vintage Hollywood and Aerosmith all live, yes. all live yes. together in a perfect blend and somehow it works? It's Hollywood Studios. Um, I think Hollywood Studios wins for me uh, for... The, the standpoint of growing up, I was terrified to go down Sunset Boulevard, uh, rock and roller coaster and tower of terror, like terrified me, man, terrified me and getting over those anxieties and being able to ride them. It, it really, that park to me represents sort of a, 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 a metamorphosis of who I was in a previous life and then letting go of a lot of my anxieties and my fears and that park where that used to be a very restricted park for me with some of the, the thrill rides that I just wouldn't contemplate even doing now that that park is full and it's complete to me, I enjoy it because I don't have a 20 year history with tower of terror. I don't have these memories on rock and roller coaster. Like it's the last five years that I've, uh, that I've had building memories on those rides. So to me, that park feels very fresh and it feels very new. I do love Pandora. I think Pandora is amazing, but I really wish and I hope that with the introduction of the new film that they start to like they like they have on Star Tours that they start to work in different sequences of fly over there because it's getting stale like it's still beautiful and it's still gorgeous but it's getting a little bit stale. Like even Soren had to have the update. They, they took it from California to Soren around the world. I think Soren should do the same thing as an, and nothing for nothing. Pandora has been given the short stick. There's been no new movies come out, uh, in years yet. They've been promised. Uh, it's only been five years open yet for two years. It remained not used because of pandemic the pandemic like it just wasn't this hopping thing that it used to be uh there's no night times over no, there's no night right times now, yeah there's no which night times really hurts there. the whole land so i mean i think it's been given the short end of the stick it really can be a beautiful area but look it is not rise of resistance but that's it's not even close so you played right into my hand with that too that's another reason why i just can't choose animal kingdom because there's no real nighttime activity over in that park it's a half day park Everyone dips like in the early afternoon. Very few people stay until park close anymore. That park has so much promise at nighttime, man. If ever they could take, take full advantage of the darkness and start to do things and bioluminescent 
elements you know what? to not just Pandora. But I think all I have her. to change my answer. I'm going back to Hollywood Studios on this. I'm sorry to change me. You know what? You, have you know to. why? Because of Kite Tales. <laughs> that dang show, I'm telling you, was an amazing show. You, They would have elephants out in front of the one show. They you would have little kites out, and the kids would parade around with little Nemos and turtles. And now, now it's Baloo, flies off, crash lands, ba-dunk, That's it. And it's over. It's over. It is. I cannot believe they destroyed. You know what? There's no show to it anymore. They just... They- Animal Kingdom does not exist in my vocabulary anymore. <laughs> um <laughs> It is all. We're going Hollywood Studios, Mark. Uh, I can just talk about it the whole time. No, go ahead. Kites. <laughs> it's the. I'm of so your, angry over Kites. Still. Existence. All right, man. Speaking of uh, the speaking of the Tower of Terror. So, what do you think is the better spookier experience? I don't want to do best, but what do you think is the better spookier experience? Haunted Mansion or Tower of Terror? If you can want to I, have Halloween vibes scary vibes if you want to get that sort of otherworldly feel where are you going for that fix man okay tower of terror uh lives up to its name with me i I know it does terrorized by tower terror it freaks me out and scares me to no end the story I remember sitting there with a black and white TV as a child watching Twilight Zone episodes at like midnight on Channel 48, which was like the off-brand UPN, whatever Fox type show, and being horrified (laughs) by by Rod Serling. Oh, I'm scared to death of Rod Serling. Like, haunts my dreams. Um, I do not like Tower Terror. I don't like that feeling of dropping up and down um, or being pulled up and down or down. You just never know which way you're going. Especially down. (laughs) So the, the, the feeling of dropping, I love if I'm on a roller coaster, I can see where I'm going. Even in the dark, I know I'm on a track. I'm good with it. Can I, I let me pause you for a second. Let me ask you this though. I have to ask you, you have intentions of going to the West coast. Will you ride guardians of the galaxy mission breakout? I love you, Mark. You're a good man. Will you sold going on um, Mission Breakout to many, many people out there. You have not sold it to me, though. Okay, but wait. Here's Okay, here's another pitch, though. Because you just said to me that you don't like not knowing where you're falling or not being able to see. What if I told you that in Mission Breakout, and this isn't a lie, that about 90% of the time, the elevator shaft is illuminated, and you can actually see it going up and down. No, that doesn't bother me. Like that doesn't, it's, it's the lack of control is what it is. I've done tower terror. I do tower terror. My daughter loves it. I hate it. it. Like I hate, absolutely hate that feeling. And I don't know why, because free fall rides and all that other stuff, none of that bothers me. There's something about tower terror and not knowing how far I'm going to go down, how far I'm about to go up. Yeah. The, the door's going to open. I'm going to look outside. That's all fine. Dude, I, I get it. That. I'm not like no judgment here as a guy who waited. I'm 43. Yeah. Took me until I was 38 years old, 38 years old to like work up enough courage to start doing that kind of stuff. So you look, will never get, judgment. I have ridden Kindaka and all the major roller coasters in this world. Love them. Yeah. Not tower terror, but if I'm going for vibes, Tower Terror has those vibes, but Haunted Mansion, 
the initial first half of that show where it's the the it's supposed to be spooky there's yeah. supposed to be ghosts you you have to question that story the whole bride scene right before you uh, as you're in the attic truly is i remember writing that as a kid and going through the seance room and thinking that was real yep. like just going uh, am I losing my soul at this point? Like yeah. it was, it was spooky. And I think that stuck with me even into an adult. Now I, I know, I know all the tricks of haunted mansion and I love them. I agree with you. 1000%. I think tower of terror is obviously the scarier of the two rides, but as far as like the Halloween and the ghostly vibes go, I, I, I don't think anything is as good as haunted mansion. Haunted mansion is a masterpiece in theming and imagineering. But here's where you go. But when I was out in Disneyland, the haunted mansion out there, and you're bright, it is so much better. So much better. It's so much better. And I think it's just very small tweaks that they have to their haunted mansion. I love the way that their haunted mansion is illuminated so that the storytelling is on full display out there. You're not straining to see the story. Um, I love the Hatbox ghost out in Disneyland. I love their spectral piano player is so cool. He's in the attic scene versus like where we get him right at the beginning. Their spectral piano player is in the attic. And I don't know, man, I, I love that ride. Kirk's been doing a good job with, uh, with Kate, the Disney Cicerone. And they're, they're talking about it on history. They've been talking about the haunted mansion for two months. The, the lore of that ride and talking about the Imagineering and all of the Easter eggs. There's nothing like, the Haunted Mansion. So, so here's the question. Haunted Mansion for do, me, dude. Haunted Mansion. Do you have a favorite ghost on the Haunted Mansion? Like, I, I talk to Holly and talk to my kids all the time, and they all, every time we're going through the singing area and through the graveyard, they're like, that's my favorite ghost. That's my favorite character. Do Does Mark Valentine have a favorite character in the ride? I do. I don't know what it is about the two duelists. Uh, I don't Yaw, know. So good. I don't know what their names are. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not as much of a Disney historian or a rides historian when it comes to those kind of things, but they just left an indelible mark on me. And to this very Joe day, and McDougal. is it so no. to this very day when Joel and McDougal square off and they come to <laughs> life via Pepper's ghost, I don't know what it is about the two duelists and the two portraits that come to life. Um, I don't know if it's like this Aaron Burr kind of thing, uh, you know, like very, very sure. Hamilton, Hamilton-esque, but I just love the two of them. Uh, I just, I don't know. I love their story. I need to, I need to know more. Would you like to know more? I am satisfied with my care. That's, I love that. So mine is the, uh, uh, what is it? The Hearst driver? What do you call it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that with his big top hat and he just is kind of sitting back over there. There's actually like a few hidden things back there that I finally noticed. Like, uh, uh, there's a cat back there that you can't see unless it's a little brighter. There's so many little cool details about that ride. I love the guy. I want to know more about the guy who's, who is bricking himself in. All you see is his hand. He just wants on the other side. Listen, He just wants a little alone time. That's it. Like he's, he's a little frazzled. He needs time away from the family, so he's going to... He's tired of that song. He's like, I'm not a singing person. He's I'm gonna, more of a producer. He's going to... I wrote himself. it. I'm out of here. Yeah, man. I Listen, I love that ride. To me, that ride is just pitch perfect. I, I think it might be the best ride that Disney has ever done. I mean, that's a, that's a really great debate topic, but I, I, would, I would say it's probably the best ride that has lasted the test of time. 
and the ride has never aged. It is still as good. And yet Disneyland's version, man, it's, it's so much better, but moving on to our final, this or that I, I have. Wait, can I tell you a funny story real quick? <laughs> sure. So, wait, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to go downhill very quickly. Oh, when no. I was a child, when I was a young warthog, when he was a young warthog, I went to and came out of the Haunted Mansion. And back in 1983, the characters could roam around freely. Yeah. And I remember coming off a of Haunted Mansion. And it's like the only time my brother and I ever got along. We were like, we're going to do the Haunted Mansion. So we would do the Haunted Mansion like three or four times in a row. I come out of the ride and Tigger is there. And he's bouncing and pouncing and just being the best Tigger he could be. And it was so amazing. And as a child, I was like, oh. It's Tigger and nobody else is around him. And this child runs up and as hard as this child could punch Tigger in his, um, right in the jejune. Yeah. Right in the jejune, right in the no, no square. And, (laughs) and I watched Tigger cry out and have to lay down on the floor until a helper came along and moved Tigger along. But he was just like, he was down and it obviously was definitely a male and got right in the no-no square. (laughs) And it stuck with me my whole life. So now every time I see Tigger, I want to hug him because he, I didn't get to hug him as a child. Um, So this was 1983. Yes. And so finally, when I took my daughter for the first time, we ran into Tigger at Epcot. And I was like, why is Tigger in Epcot first off? But there he was. And uh, my daughter got pushed a little bit by me because I was so excited that Tigger was there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make up for being a child. And I, I told Tigger the story and Tigger was just like, okay. Don't hit me there. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Tigger that like- wasn't... Yeah. It's like Monster Squad, which is, I know it was 1987 from Monster Squad, but in Monster Squad, we famously mm. learned that Wolfman has nards. Tigger. Tigger. Apparently. Has nards. <laughs> not castrated in any way, shape, or form. Tigger has nards. <laughs> Tigger has nards. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> Tigger has nards. If you've learned anything, ladies and gentlemen, dislike podcast. You have learned that Tigger, Tigger has an arts. <laughs> All right. Our last this or that, man. And then we got to get out of here for the day. Uh, Harmonious versus Enchantment. This is very easy for me. I, I want to see if this is as easy for you as it is for me. Uh, I'm going to say Enchantment. Uh, no, you no, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I spoke wrong. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> Lies and propaganda. Harmonious. Ha- Look, Enchanted Enchantment is a you don't even say it right show. you didn't even I say don't. it You're I, like honestly enchanted. i was trying to think of something nice to say i have nothing i would have nothing nice to say about that show no Yay. no 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 Yay. no no she flies again in a spot that makes no sense yay there's no song that connects to anybody yay there's no original song yay it's not happily ever after it's Next. a lot of it's a lot of covers um i do like the i do like angela bassett I do Her like Angela cool. Bassett. I do like the mo. I get the feels during the Moana sequence. I do like what they're doing with Main Street, and I like the technology of how the show is extending up Main Street to. Engage. That's great and all, but who gets to see that? Yeah, just a few people on Main Street. Okay, but here's the thing: is traditionally, if you were on Main Street, and here I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for you, yeah, 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 for a moment. But if you were watching Happily Ever After, and you were not in the hub. 
all of the great stuff that was going on in the castle, you got zero of it in Happily Ever After. You got none of it. So if you were in, like, anywhere on Main Street, none of that stuff was visible to you. So I like the fact that you can now be on Main Street, and yeah, you're not getting the projections that you are getting on the castle, but you're getting a different show, and you're getting a show. You're actually getting projections to feel like there's a little something that's there for you. I like the music of Happily Ever After better. The thing is, I it's not that Enchantment's... I like this. It, the song's grown on me. You're the magic has grown on me, but there's something about happily ever after. I love Jordan Fisher. I mean, there was that whole thing with him on TikTok and him and his wife and he, he was crying and she was crying as he was holding her watching the show. All of that emotion. When you realize that the artist was really connected to it, Jordan Fisher, not Jordan Sparks, right? Jordan Fisher. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, you know, there was just, there was something magical about that song. And there's just, there's just a way that a song can connect with the fanship happily ever after. Like it, it bangs, dude. It was so I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. Have you seen the show on main street and in the hub? I have, Both. I have seen okay. it. I have seen it when, and I prefer it on main street. I, okay. Ironically, I prefer but, it on main street. Here's the problem with that is even with the stuff going on in the castle in the hub, you're still really just paying attention to the fireworks. You are. And you're not looking down to the castle. So whatever's really happening on Main Street or on the castle, you're still looking up into the sky and watching fireworks. The nice thing about those projections on Main Street is you do bathe in the the luminescence of what what's happening. You're bathed in the light of the show versus the hub what's going on in the castle. Like you're, you're not really getting any, any residual. I sat off right that. off of main street last night and was blown away. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's something nostalgic. It's beautiful to watch there. But that harmonious, said harmonious on the other hand is a grand slam for me. Harmonious is, is a triumph, dude. Everything. It, it's the multiculturalism of that whole show. It's incorporating, uh, every race, creed and color, everybody around the world in a, in this beautiful harmony of songs, yeah. hence harmonious. Um, the lasers in the sky add something, how the buildings around world showcase light up during the show, even taking the songs themselves and having them sung in their own language is such a brilliant step by Disney to make everybody feel like they're welcome in one spot. Well, Disney world as a whole that, and I don't even know how to say this, like harmonious incorporates what Walt Disney world should be. It should be this place where everybody from around the world can come and be together in a beautiful area and everybody accepts and loves everybody else. It should be an oasis in this world. That's I, I think at the end of the day, that's what Walt Disney world resort should have been. And I, in harmonious, you see that uh, you watch the people around you. I can sit in Japan and watch people of all different cultures all standing around in a circle of World Showcase, staring all at the same stuff, the fireworks going off. And you could see the emotion on people's faces and how beautiful it is and how spectacular that show is. I am a romantic about Harmonious. I love that show. I love what it stands for. I love the Imagineering. Um, yeah. 
There you go. Harmonious is a beautiful tapestry of what Epcot and it captures the spirit of Epcot. Disney did a really great job of putting that on. Harmonious Live was a triumph on Disney Plus. It's still there, by the way. It's living as evergreen content that even if you didn't catch it, so live, good. you can go watch the replay. It's so amazing that they bring these artists in and they have these live performers sing it and they intersplice it with the pyrotechnics. And how jacked up was Idina Menzel? Adina Menzel was very excited to be hosting. I'm not going to repeat the same stuff that we talked about on entertainment and review, but she was, uh, she was caffeinated that night. She was very excited to be hosting. Auli Cravalo did a great job as the narrator live. I, I listen, harmonious to me is triumphant. It really is. I think taking nighttime spectaculars to a whole new level. Um, I can never get enough harmonious seeing the crowd's reaction to various cultural elements again is what is, I think so beautiful and so poetic about it is when, you know, when Tiana sings versus when it, when Coco is playing versus Mulan, everyone has different reactions depending on, on the song and what is happening. And, and it's just, it's a really great celebration of humanity of the best of us and of the world showcase. And again, I think that that show draws its inspiration from what Disney is philosophically around the world, man. But harmonious is so much better than enchantment. I really hope that enchantment, I mean, it's going to survive the 50th, but I am hopeful that after the 50th, they either have a different, nighttime celebration that they bring to us or uh, I, I don't know, man, I, I don't want to see enchantment continue too long. I really don't. It's, <laughs> and look, we're is, talking about harmonious, the show, because yeah. uh, I, I'll spend a few minutes and talk about the Stargate and the water tacos. Um, yeah, no, I like the water tacos. I, I like don't Stargate. like, look, I have actually seen when they turned on the fountains during the day and the shows that they were supposed to happen yeah. and they're still supposed to happen, but they look amazing. Yeah, when they why? do that, but just why? sitting there. But yeah. why, dude? It's wear and tear on the technology. They're like, why? In the middle of the day, who cares? People aren't going to stop and stare and look at the water fountains that are flying off the water tacos. Like, who cares? Like, yes, I, I, I get it. They ruin the sight lines. They do. They ruin the sight lines. But you know what? That show makes makes the water tacos worth it. I'm sorry. They do. They do. They make I, the water tacos worth it. I want the fountains. This was fun. I enjoyed this. Thank you for putting together such a great <laughs> outline for us. Listen, man, we had fun. We had fun riffing. Um, I am. So for people who don't know, I'm going to be traveling down to Disney, hanging out with Greg uh, on the 13th. No promises because we don't know what the, so just little preview. We don't know what the procedures are right now for the uh, DVC, the top of the world lounge. They've rethemed that to some kind of villain theme. I'm going to try to get us into that. We have the opening of food and wine on the 14th. We're going to be doing Epcot a bunch of times that weekend to canvas. We're going to fully canvas food and wine. And then obviously we're going to be talking about the food and wine and the opening of food and wine, but we're going to cosmically rewind. We're going to hit up that amalgam park of Hollywood studios. <laughs> we're going to be singing some Henry Mancini. Oh, you can't do this to me again. 
So, uh, but yes, Greg, tell us where we can find you and all your good stuff when you're not at this life. See, I'm trying to be the background music, but I know you're just going to add it in. I don't know why I keep singing. Where, I can can I, keep, where can you find where me? Where can I find you? Let's where go. We got to get out of here. I don't here. know, Mark. Where can we find me anymore? Uh, listen, you can find me mostly over at Chip and Company. Uh, the podcast drops three days a week. We have uh, uh, Disney Parks in Review. We have Disney News in Review on Wednesdays. We have uh, Disney Entertainment in Review, which I am joined by the one and only Mark Valentine and Chip Confer. Uh, and then on Fridays, we have And Company, which is Mark and myself break down the top four head lines of each week and then we do get to do our rush more uh other than that you can find us on youtube and chip and company uh, you'll see a few articles and then you can find us uh at disney fanatics on instagram yeah and again if you have not yet subscribed to chip and company uh their podcast family they're doing a great job with the news uh i love hanging out there we we create a lot of evergreen content and just talking about the parks but i love the disney news aspect i love talking about what is new and shiny over at Disney. I get a chance to do that twice a week with entertainment in review. I'm, everyone knows I'm a movie buff. I'm a Star Wars chill. I love Marvel. So it allows me to talk about Disney Plus and entertainment. I, on the other hand, am the worst person in the world to talk about entertainment. Hence why I'm the host of the show and throw it always to Mark and, uh, and a chip. <laughs> and normally we say something and get Mark in trouble. And he's like, I'm not getting in the middle of this. I don't want to be canceled. Well, the, speaking of which the Friday show is crazy because on and company chip is away. He, he, like he always gets lost somewhere in the ether and in the world. And then you and I have the task of breaking down the top headlines of the week. And it's always stuff that is very controversial. And so you and I have to carefully navigate and, editorialize very tumultuous topics on the weekly and uh and company is a it's a trip man it's a ride but subscribe over at chip and company thank you so much guys for hanging out with us on this uh this super episode as we celebrated the fourth of july as only greg and i could which was hanging out and talking disney and podcasting but join us every single week at dislifepodcast.com please don't forget to subscribe we love feedback leave us a review um, send us a, a message on the website or even a voicemail, get in touch with us. If you have any show ideas or content ideas, or even if you just want to give us a little feedback and a little word of advice and some, uh, you know, a little bit of encouragement, we always appreciate those things. Greg, thank you for hanging out with me as always, my friend, ahoy, hoy. We will see you guys next week. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, hope the rest of the week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. Bye, Greg. Spay and neuter your tiggers. This Diz Life podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. 
You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Diz Life Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive. 